uh, a cleansing rain falls in the Northwest as we get ready to talk about hockey. Welcome to Cascadia Hockey, brought to you by Barry Puck Threads. And he got quiet. Well, I was waiting. To, we dramatic to pause, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, that I'm broken. Me... I haven't. I haven't done Cascadia in a while, so I that fucked up. That was cue to insert the music. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that was music will already be there. That's. that's I know. This is weird. This is weird. <laughs> this whole Discord thing is weird. Speaking of that, in all fairness, though, I do usually chime in, and I'm a smartass. That's true. You're not being yeah. much of a smartass today. <laughs> Welcome to Cascadia Hockey, brought to you by Barry Puck Threads. My name is Sergey Bubtitsky. <laughs> I am your host with the least. <coughs> Across from me, in goal, ready to talk about whatever the hell we can come up with during this dead season. Mr. We... <laughs> we are peas on the pillow. Kyle Houts. <laughs> Hello. <sighs> no, there's no crowds. No crowds. No crowds. Oh. Oh, no crowds. Right. Synthetic. Synth oh, I want to talk about that too. Down, <laughs> down from Jesus Christ. This is a fucking train wreck. Look, it's 86. Derek Schoenrock. <laughs> hey, I made it. Hello. Oh, fresh off the mountain. How's it going, dude? It's fine. Uh, I'm sore as hell. Uh, I, uh, I had a giant handheld abrasive saw, like the ones that they cut people out of cars with, uh, with a 14-inch abrasive wheel on it, and uh, I cut up an 18-foot fiberglass bass fishing boat into wow. pieces so that we could throw it into a dumpster. Wow. Because Seems it's like a waste of a perfectly good fishing boat. No, no, it was... It's it's been sitting up there for like twenty years. Uh, it was you people, pretty... you people riot weird. Dad of Cross from us, <laughs> the voice of sanity and all this. One Miss Anya Piper. Hey boys. Hi. <laughs> I uh, need to apologize right now to all of you because this is a fucked intro. <laughs> hey, at least we're here. Nothing. Okay. We're here. I love it. <laughs> And behind the boards, mastermind behind all this crazy shit, one Mr. Aaron Piper. I don't think I, I'm not going to wear that badge with honor today, mastermind behind all this crazy shit. That's okay. Anyway, it is Cascadia hockey. It is. It is Cascadia hockey. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm going to get right into it. Where did uh, Sergey Bubtitsky come from? Uh, was that a Reddit find? Oh, of course it was. Okay. Okay. Of course That's, it was. That was years ago, though. That was like. I think that was like five years ago when I saw that. Are you serious? Yeah, probably. But I, I, it was I somebody, <laughs> somebody who clearly hated their job spelled his name like that on on the uh, thing that shows up on TV. On the graphics. Everybody's dogs are barking at once. Not mine. Just, She's a good bitch. Good. My feet just hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I'm get not it. funny. This I is terrible. It. <laughs> no, it just took me a second. It did. Oh, and he muted it. It's muted. Yeah, he was like, you. Kyle's you like, fucking dogs. You sons of bitches. Uh, so I thought it was hilarious. I had never seen that Sergey Bubtitsky before, and it, it literally made me laugh. Was this recent? Or, or obviously no, not Corey recent, posted recent, in the group. But... No, this is, Kyle was just saying like five yeah. years ago. I stumbled across it, and I I try and find, you know, because I mean, like everybody posts, you know, news and relative shit and all that. It's good, but yeah, I just try to find silly shit to post from the world of hockey. And we when I stumbled that. across that, I was like, "This is perfection." I, I forgot is, about it. And I'm glad you posted it, <laughs> dude. I posted it, and you want to know what's funny? Now this. This is my absolute favorite thing, is I snagged it, I posted it, I came back to Reddit, I scrolled down, and the next meme thing that I saw was Mia Khalifa. 
it was uh, somebody posted she had done a Carl's Jr. ad where she was holding burgers in front of her boobs. Uh-huh. And I almost grabbed that <laughs> and was like, hey, guys. Grab some but I didn't. Speaking of boob titsky. Yeah, I was like, boob titsky. And then the boobs that got us in trouble. Oh, my God. Yeah, we another letter, another letter after this episode. Is that the porn? Yeah, dude. Like, hey, was... <laughs> That's true. I mean, nobody hears it like from, from that. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. It's just the title. I know. I know. What is Mr. Rasmussen up to these days, man? I haven't heard much about him lately. I don't know. I follow him on social media, but like, I, I think, I think a lot of these, a lot of hockey players that are coming up in that that age group, the junior level stuff, and you know, rookie era in the NHL, they're not very active on social media, and I think a lot of it is they're gun shy, dude. They're voyeurs, it, I dude. Think I think it's either that or they're told not to. Yeah, I imagine they're told like, look. Just fucking don't, you know, like either by their peers or they're like their peers, but they're kind of like the, the veteran players or by the teams, like, because they don't want these kids, you know, don't new and fresh into the world, just like speaking their mind. Cause they think they know what the world's like, you know, cause that's that age and, and making the team look bad. Like I imagine that's been a problem before. I'm not saying that Rasmussen would be like that. He's a very uh, professional player. Any interaction I've ever had with him was he was always very respectful and proper and, and you know so I don't imagine that he would he would be like that on social media, but I'm saying like a lot of these kids probably But do you really are. think they have time for it? I mean good oh, lord. Oh yeah, they yeah, they've got time for it. They have time for like well, right now. Fortnite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean the Americans while I was there, fuck so many of them were playing Fortnite or or you know, whatever was out at the time. Um, and yeah, so they, they totally have time for it. They just, I think they have more private accounts Yeah, for like, for like family and close friends and stuff. I can confirm that like they don't post a lot, but anytime I've reached out to a player through social media, like a DM or whatever, they respond pretty quickly. So they're on it. I just don't think they're saying much. So, and, and part of me, like, I respect that. It's like, okay. Cause you know, the, we just, uh, last week we, we did a, um, an interview with an author, Angie Abdu, uh, for a West side story and she's a hockey mom. And she was talking about how tribal the game really is. Yeah. Um, and, and she's right. And she even talked about it from how tribal it is among parents, which kind of opened my eyes up to some things, but, um, the tribalness of it, I think keeps those guys quiet a lot you know, keeps yeah. to themselves. So, yeah, yeah. It, it keeps, it keeps the potential like locker room talk away from public eyes. Yep. Cause I can see how easily that can, that can shift. I was playing with guys in Germany and, and they were like, you know, like after a game or something, mm-hmm. we just sit in the locker room drink and stuff. And some of them were like, you know, recording it and putting it in like our Facebook group. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> it wasn't like we were saying anything fucked up or anything, but it was just like, it's just kind of like, you just don't. Yeah, the locker room stays in the locker room, you know, like. Yeah. But where yeah, but where's that line? Do you think that locker room is just in the locker room? So like a few weeks ago, when those you know social Facebook messagings, those NHL players were saying bad things about their wife or something. Oh like that, yeah. Do you think that's still the locker room? Because I personally <laughs> think it is. I mean, it's banter among. Well, thinking about that that group chat that got out, I I can't remember the player's name. Yeah, um, I don't either. But um, it was like that. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I wouldn't. Somebody yeah. ratted them out. So it, shouldn't, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be able to be shared. It shouldn't be able to be Agreed. screenshot or something like that. Like everybody that has like a group chat or something should um, should assume that it can get out. Agreed. Yeah. Especially this day and age. Um, yeah. I can, I, I think I've talked about this before, but I can say that, especially this organization, the Tri City Americans organization, uh, the locker room is a very sacred place. Um, I've mm-hmm. been in the locker room many times, but only twice, like in a pregame situation, like right before puck drop when everybody's getting ready. I was in there two times, and each time it was a big deal for me to be in there. Like it, it was made to be a very big deal, and it's been under two different coaches, and both of them were like, "This is sacred ground, okay? Just you can be in here, get the shots you need, but stay out of the way because these guys are getting focused." Um, you know. 
and and so I, I can say that the locker room is a sacred place. And I think that the, the boys that are in there, that's their that's their sanctuary, for lack of a better term. That's their place where they just feel like everything's right, you know? Um, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it should be. Yep. Yep. I don't I, – I, I honestly feel like that's the place to get it out, man. Yep. I feel like that uh, group chat that got out, it was one of those kind of like a stab in the back sort of thing. I think you trust your people. And, and we've all said really, really dumb shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In yeah, private. Absolutely. So I think that that's, there's probably a little bit of uh, uh, animosity there now because, you know, it's like you can't you can't trust anybody. And I think that that could kind of mess with psyche. So. That's my take on the whole thing. The guys, the guys have to be able to talk to each other, like yep. in a locker room or any locker room. Like, doesn't matter like what league it is or anything like that. People, players, they have to have that as mm-hmm. like cohesiveness as a team mm-hmm. to be able to trust each other and and talk to one another. And if they say some fucked up shit, then they got to hold each other accountable. Like yep. that's just how it is. Yep. That chat room, if there was something fucked up that was said in there, which there was, they should have been like, uh, no, like that's fucked. You shouldn't be saying this shit. Like. Derek, yeah, like that shit shouldn't be public. Derek, what do you think? You've been around locker rooms a lot in your life, dude. I mean, yeah, I think I, I, um, I kind of have a, a little different take on it, and and Kyle hit on it just a little bit. It still just because it is a safe place, and and you're you know it's where you go to band together and get ready for games and stuff like that. I don't think it still gives you a license to uh, be inappropriate or say things that you wouldn't say in public, you know, you still got to be held accountable. Um, if you're and the group chat, same thing. I mean, we live in an era now where you can't, you can't put anything down on an electronic device if you don't expect it to be seen by somebody. Mm -hmm. So if you do say something stupid and it gets out, you got to be held accountable for it. You can't just say, Oh, well, it was supposed to be, you know, confidential. Well, You still said it, shithead. You know, yeah. Like, yep. you were st- yeah, you were still being a piece of shit. Right? Right? <laughs> still being a piece of shit. So yeah. that's that, that's the difference for me. <laughs> because okay, we're behind closed doors and nobody's gonna know what we're say. We say it's it's not it's not meant to be an excuse to right. no. be shitty. It's it's meant to keep things in house. Yeah, it's meant to keep things. You know, like like I don't need to know what the fuck you know Coach DeBoer says to the Golden Knights. I don't give a shit. He, he's probably gone in there after a shitty game and tore them up. Been like, you're fucking trash. You're fucking trash. Like, they, they say shit like that. They do. Fucking not, embarrassing. Fucking <laughs> embarrassing. Exactly. I mean, that stuff is real. Like, if you right. if anyone doesn't think that, that coaches don't swear at their players or players don't get in arguments with each other, you're wrong. Like, that's they do. Oh, yeah. They but, always do. But, but that's part of being a team. That's part of, that's part of like – holding each other accountable and, and keeping it where it belongs, keeping it in house. Like that's just the way it should be. Dude being torn down by the person in charge while it's not the most constructive. It is constructive. Sometimes it is Yeah. sometimes getting, getting fucking straight up dressed down like a goddamn drill sergeant is standing in front of you is a motivating factor, especially in a sports environment. Now, should that guy be ste- yeah, stepping outside, calling somebody a fucking piece of shit, great. When those things start to veer, that's when I think it's okay to break that. Yeah. Yeah. And if, that's where I'm just saying, to- if, you know, when, if a, a coach drops, calls you a bundle of sticks, maybe you can say something about that. Like, yeah. bro. You know, I get you're upset, but that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. When it becomes, a I hope situation. everybody understood what I was saying there without saying it. But yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, sure. When 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 yeah. it becomes abusive, or uh, th- there's definitely a line there. I also think, um, you know, as society has changed and things change, um, honestly, I don't think the drill sergeant mentality works on this generation of athletes coming up. Um, You're probably so, right. And and you see a lot of these older school coaches and stuff that um, that operate that way. They're kind of getting washed out now because it's not effective anymore. And people see it more, and they 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 expose it or whatever. Like my coach in high school was an asshole to me. He was. He straight up told yeah. me, "You're not going to make it on varsity. You're not going to play varsity." Oh, wow. He's like, "The way you play right now, no." 
And you know what? That pissed me off. I was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I skated all summer. I skated all summer. And I, I improved my game. I worked with other players that I played with. And the next time we were at the rink with the whole team and everything, uh, I, I, um, I was a better skater. And um, once he, you know, I, we did like a little tryout thing. And he pulled me aside afterwards and he was like, you're on varsity. Wow. I'm glad this worked. He's like, I knew it would work. So he and I got and there's a guy in my chat right now that played on the team with me, and he and yeah he says I love him so much he pushed my ass so hard and I and yes he did he pushed us and he gave us motivation and I didn't I didn't see it at the time I took it personal for a little bit I was like no fuck this guy I'm gonna show him <laughs> I'm gonna show him up and but that's how it works right exactly, and exactly. and while being harsh that. Uh, it sounded constructive. I mean, it, he was mm-hmm. honest with you. He was yeah, black and white. He's like, you suck. You're not at good enough. This point, <laughs> he, said, he said, at this point, you're not going to make it. Right. And it was true. It was true. I, I wasn't playing, you know, good enough to play varsity. And um, and I, I, I worked my ass off because of him. And I was I, I pushed myself because of him. And I made it. And I was I was kind of blindsided by it. I was just kind of like, oh, son of a bitch. That's what he did. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I agree with what um, what Spaceman Spiff says in my chat here. Like, I, I love that guy. Like, I, I definitely respect him. I, I always kind of like looked up to him um, in a way, like even if I was mad at him. But like, but he made me like realize that I, you know, like I needed I needed a shove in the right direction. And and he was a coach. He's he's still coaching. He's still doing a great job. And he's kind of spearheading the, um, he's spearheading the, uh, ice project to get ice up in Elko. And uh, yeah, like that town, that town couldn't have a better person like on the front of of hockey up there. So, do you boys think that our beloved Herb Brooks would make it this day and age with his coaching style? Oh, parents would parents would be like, yeah, hey, call my son a shit stain. Hey, <laughs> my son's not a shit stain. <laughs> parents, parents are the fucking yeah, worst. But, but that- your dad <laughs> is a shit stain. That's a good question, Aaron. But yeah, I, I mean, like I said, guys like that you're seeing are kind of at the end, and, and there's a new kind of uh, – approach that I think a lot of coaches have, especially the successful yeah. ones. Are, are, yeah. They're they've evolved, they're teaching in a different way and and still getting the most out of their players without, you know, calling them a four year old girl and making them piss in the corner in front of the rest of the team and, you know, just totally emasculating them and stuff yeah. like that. So there's, there's I wasn't even on the team there. and they made me do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, there's definitely like overbearing coaches for sure. Like there's some that are just pushed too hard and then it's just not effective. Like that was one of the things that I struggled with in the military was just like, where's that like fine line of leadership? Where's that happy medium where you're not, pushing too hard but you're pushing enough that motivates them to to do things and it was and it's the same for hockey it's like you know you can't just yell at them and degrade them all day because then it just becomes monotonous and people start to drone you out yeah it's just white noise yeah 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 and it just becomes white noise so like coaches have to constantly change their methods to be heard by their players you can't dress somebody down if you don't have their respect first yeah because after that, they're just going to be, that guy's just a dick. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, if, if you show them and do leadership and then snap on somebody, they pay the fuck attention. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, so there's your fine line is what I'm, is, is all I'm getting at is when, yeah. when these coaches lead by example instead of proper, which most of them are, are setting a very dignified this is how we approach the game and they take it very seriously. Um, it's when they show like, no, I'm not here to screw around guys. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. They're like, Oh, okay. I respect what you've got to say. And then when that dude loses it, we fucked up. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a good point. You know, it's a good point. It's a different. It's a different game now, and that's the other thing too. Is coaches cannot take the fun out of the game. Yes, there's a definitely a business to it as you move up in the ranks, um, but especially early on, coaches have to be willing to to keep the game fun 
and and not push too far. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. yeah. A lot of you guys have said, you know, it's a different type of game. Well, obviously back then I didn't really watch it. So what is the big difference and has it really impacted the interest or the excitement the, or whatever of it? The big difference is is society in general now. Just how, just yeah. you know, things that have that have shifted. To be things, honest, things about players and young players and stuff that, that I think have changed is like what is distracting them. Yeah. What is what is it that's distracting the players? What is it they're they're focused on, and how do we like refocus them? Kind of thing. I think that's how things have changed in a lot of ways. Like when I was when I was in high school, like we didn't have like Fortnite. You know, I mean, we had you know video games, but it wasn't nearly as in your much face. of a distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, so. Dude. That I mean, that just brings me back to Aaron and I walking past the the locker room and hearing like I don't know what the music Miley was Cyrus coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, how is this getting them psyched up? What the fuck is this? You know, it's a different time. Yeah. yeah. It's a different time, you know. So I it's just that's what that reminds me of is, you know, this generation that's coming up is very different yeah. from gen x or yeah. you know what i mean yeah like it's just uh it's a different mindset it's and i respect that i think it's yeah. awesome yeah i even when i don't get it because i'm a dinosaur and i'll admit it i'm slow to change i try and be open-minded i try and be you know open-hearted about things but i'm like how does that work you up like uh. <laughs> but i i get it it's not me it's not for right. me right right that's that's what I'm saying. If we can all keep in mind, um, you know that that everybody's got their their own thing, and world would be a better place anyway. We're not gonna we're not gonna go into that, but I do I do want to do something positive and then end the show on a on a little bit of a a, a, a deeper subject, but something positive because we are a hockey podcast. Are we at the end already? No, we're not anywhere near the end. But I feel uh, like oh, I was oh, like, wait oh, a minute, okay. we just no, started. No. Whoa. No, we're, we're not. Still in our opening. No, no, no. calm down, in. boys. Calm down, calm yeah. down. It's there's still more. There's more time to talk here. Um, no, I uh, recently because I, I, the last few weeks, like hockey news has kind of been hard to find, man. Um, but two big things that that have happened recently. The first one is Dustin Wolf. Yet again, if you guys are sick of hearing me or anybody on the show talk about Dustin Wolf, turn it off, man, because. The kid's incredible. I love watching him. The last game I got he's to go. He's a beast. Yeah, he's so good, man. And and the last game we got to go to this year up in Seattle, it was Seattle and Everett, and he was in net for Everett. And I mean, I just, the kid is so good. If you follow him on social media, you can see that he just seems like a really, really good person. Just a very humble kid. Um, but he just got named the CHL goaltender of the year um, for the whole CHL. Uh, he was also named the Team USA goaltender of the year. Um, Well-deserved. He's probably got another year in junior. This is his 19-year-old year, um, so we're going to be able to see him again. But, I, I mean, you guys, I think you guys have probably all seen him play live, and he comes. he's following on the heels of Carter Hart, and he's doing a really good job of making people forget about Carter Hart. Yeah. Um, and not, you know, you yeah, know what I mean good. by that. Yeah, fuck that you know guy. what's funny is you say you say following on the heels of I was like biting at the heels of, like he's it's almost like he's got a fire under his ass to be to take Carter Hart out yeah, quite. of the of this you know zeitgeist, uh, and I don't mean that in a vicious way. I mean he just wants to be better. And I think that's bred out of that culture up in Everett, man. I really feel that. Yeah. Very competitive, and it makes – we talk culture a lot. I think the culture up there is a winning culture, and um, it's also a very fun culture from what I've seen. But a couple things in this. Him winning that means that the Everett Silvertips have won that three of the last five years because Carter won it twice. Uh, Dustin won it this year. So three out of the last five years – uh, Everett's had the top goaltender in the CHL. Here's one thing that I that I think I can hopefully back this up that that Dustin will be better. Dustin's got a bigger fire under his ass now. Dustin Wolf was not taken until the seventh round of the NHL draft last year. He was ranked as one of the top goalie prospects. Um, and that dog behind you is adorable, Kyle. So um, she just she keeps barking. It's the what? What? <laughs> <laughs> She don't like us. Anyway, 
He was supposed to go Your like second, second or third round. He went seventh round. A lot of people said he's not big enough. That was the biggest knock on him is that his size was going to hold him back. Uh, okay. Was he, was he on the roster with Carter Hart? Yes. As like a 16-year-old? Okay. Yep. Um, so I would say, I mean, especially that they played together, I guess you could say, and um, he saw, you know, Carter Hart kind of rise. Um, being that close to him probably <laughs> helps with that fire, you know, underneath him. Yep. Um, instead of coming in 10 years after Carey Price and saying, oh, Carey was great. Well, it's like, I don't give a shit. I was four years old when Carey was great. You know what yep. I mean? Like, he, so he, he saw it in person and knows what he needs to do to get to that level, I think, is way more helpful. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, that's a really good point, dude. It's and it's that culture thing. I, I really believe it. I don't I don't know who's coming up after him. I don't um like I said, they've got one more year, so we'll probably be able to see his backup. Actually we saw I forget, we saw his backup this year. But um incredible, incredible for him. Once again, if you guys missed it, I said Team USA. He also was named goaltender of the year. Um and he's been playing for the national team in the juniors the last year or two. And I just think that's cool. He's a California kid. You know, we talk about you know how the game is is changing and in the Sun Belt and all that. That's not even really a, a usable term anymore um, because hockey is everywhere. And this kid, he's from California, man. So a little bit of oh, yeah. Team USA pride there, which I like. Um, it's cool. Who's the goaltender coach? I'd be watching for him to get a head coaching job yeah. or something somewhere. Man, I, I don't he even remember good, the man. name to be honest with you. I don't. Yeah, he he must know his shit. He's he's grooming these kids to be I'm, bad. I'm obviously. curious to see like how how much that trend continues to with their goaltending. Yeah, like after after Wolf leaves, like, um, you know who's next and and how are they gonna do? Like how how are they gonna be taught? Is it is it the same? I mean, they've I imagine they've had the same goalie coach you know, between Hart and Wolf, but um, yeah, I'm curious to see how that how that keeps going. I have another question. Oh, yes. Yes, Derek, you said about the goalie coach and how he um he should be looking for a, uh did you say a full-time coaching head coach. job? Head no, coach? I'm saying so usually when position coaches have a tremendous amount of success like that, they get poached. Yeah, you know, but as a head coach cuz just cuz you're a good goalie coach, how would that make you a good head coach? Not always it, it might not, but um at least a try. Yeah, I mean typically if you have that aptitude or whatever, um, and the desire maybe to be a head coach. Yeah. Then you, you, I mean, in any sport, you know, it's like when a, an assistant coach and when the wide receivers coach in, in football has the best wide receivers in the league for five years, like he's, you know, he's going to get picked up to yeah. be a head coach or move up to an assistant coach or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and maybe or, that's the next step in hockey, but even, um, even just up to the NHL, like you, right. They, they could easily see that and say, Hey, we like what you're doing with goalies. You know, we want you to do it on a pro level. Sure. Right. Yeah. If you guys, this is a side note, but if you guys are interested in filling our, our void of time that we always have in this, you know, weird new era that we live in, uh, there was a show on, uh, NHL.com, uh, I forget what it's called, but they did an interview with John Cooper, uh, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he talked about his progression to get to the NHL. So we think we always think about players when they start playing young, how their their goal is to make it to the NHL, right? Well, Cooper was that as a coach, like he wanted to coach and he wanted to coach at the NHL, and he went through the ranks to get there, um, and didn't always have a lot of successes. He was a lawyer, like he was. He studied law, became a lawyer. a lawyer. Huh? He looks like a lawyer. He, he does look like a lawyer. Yes, he does. Um, but it's, it was just kind of cool to, to realize. And we, we hear about it from uh, like um, Wes McCauley, uh, the, the, the referee in the NHL, the one that everybody loves because he's so animated. That's five for fighting, you know, all that sort of stuff. But McCauley talks about it too, how, how he, like as a referee, his father was a referee. So as a referee, like he wanted to, you know, be a referee in the NHL and be the best he could be. It's it's just interesting. We always think about it from the perspective of the athlete and their journey to get to where they're going that we forget. You know, I always joke and say referees are people that couldn't actually play the game. But who would want to be a referee? Like, why why would you want to do that in West the NHL? Macaulay. I would be never, ever. There was My life would be just sued. Go ahead, Cork. Well, I was just going to say, that's I, I I I've known lots of people who wanted to be umpires or 
guys that just there are people with the mindset of rules and that's what makes sense to them and so i mean to kind of answer your question on you is uh i know people who are really really bad at social you know things and they can't gel with a team and things like that but they've got a mindset for rules and they still have a love of the game and that's right. what a lot they're like i can do this yeah, yeah maybe that. they see an opening and they take it and and you know making sure the game is played correctly or is not a huge well but i mean i'm being but facetious. making sure that go ahead i'm just being facetious just because they suck but so. i'm just saying those those guys <laughs> are imperative to the to yeah, the for community sure. as well. And yeah, they catch more shit than anybody. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to be happy. Yeah. No, me neither. I'm not I'm not built for it. Um but even though I may not agree with them and I will talk shit. God damn it, I'll talk shit. <laughs> but I respect I respect that decision to put yourself there. Yeah. yeah. And take that and take that upon yourself, especially nowadays when people will you know, tweet forever about the fucking officiating. Like, that's a thing. And these guys, you know, they have to have the mind. They have to have the ability to be water off a duck's back. Yep. Um, I, and, and I love Steve and, for that, too. Yeah, and that's – so, at the, I mean, yeah, just at the end of the day, is these guys are an imperative part of the game. Uh, and, and like Aaron's saying, we don't think about that too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should. So, I mean – my my t- hats off to anybody willing to put themselves in that thing. If you suck, I'm gonna say so. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's that's the role they take. Uh, fuck it, what was that? The uh, um, Billy Crystal movie where he was a ref in the NBA. Oh yeah, remember? Yeah, right. That dude just got shit on all day long, but he was you know doing his thing because he loved the game, and I respect that. Derek, yeah. well, you had something to say, didn't you? Oh, okay. um, yeah. To to Corey's point too. Um, maybe they do really love the game, and and they just don't have the physical aptitude for it. You know, maybe they're just not a great athlete, but they still want to be part of the game, like you said. So, um, there was a kid in Pasco when we were coming up playing baseball. He was our age, but he was an umpire, and that's what he wanted to do. And he hmm. wanted to be a professional umpire in Major League Baseball. And I know that like you have to get chosen to go to like a special school. I think it's in Florida um, to get into that like program. And uh, he raised the money and I remember him doing it. And he always drafted our high school games and our our summer league games. Um, And I I think he got pretty far. I don't know if he ever made it to Major League Baseball, but I I know at one point he was uh, umpiring in the minors. Oh, neat. Uh, But it's just, you know, that was his thing, man. That was his dream. He wanted to be a freaking umpire. So... That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cor- or Kyle, you mentioned uh, Steve Fleming. We've talked a lot about him before. For those of you that, yeah. that don't know, Steve Fleming's a, a local guy here. He he does a lot of refing with the Amateur Hockey Association. Um, and then he's a linesman in the WHL. So you'll see him at a lot of Americans games uh, doing linesman stuff. Uh, Kyle, I don't know how much of a relationship you have with him, but if you do, have you ever talked to him about like, what what is his plan? Does he want to be a ref in the NHL one day? Or is this just more of a for love of the game right now? Uh, I think he does want to climb the ranks. Um, I've I've talked to him before, and I have him on Facebook. I have I have his phone number. I could I could bring him on. Him yeah, we should bring him on sometime I mean, I could, and talk to him. I could ask him some questions too. I'd I'd love to kind of pick his brain a little on just kind of like what it's what his mindset is on being a referee. He he is is probably one of the most dedicated referees I've seen too. He's he's so calm and collected. He's he's always got you know a cool head on his shoulders like. Um, I, I never see him get like overly frustrated. There's been a couple times he's had to like kind of get on someone a little extra, just like shut up, go to the box, kind of thing, you know. Um, he he does a wonderful job keeping his composure, and and I I have never seen him make a bad call. Like I'm sure it's happened, um, but he he just always seems to make the right call. He knows that threshold of like when to make a call, when not to, you know, because there's there's times when it's when it's necessary. Like if somebody makes kind of an awkward hit or something like that, that might should should have been called or something. You know, he he always distinguishes that line really really well. Yeah. Um, and and I always I've always enjoyed watching him. Like um, 
there's been several Saturdays I've worked at the public rink where he would be there as early as like six in the morning getting ready for a referee camp. Wow. Like, it's insane. And I have no problem showing up that early, you know, for that kind of stuff. Like yeah. he usually leads the, uh, the referees like to do referee camp. And it's just, it's so weird. Like looking at an ice just full of like just stripes, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's cool. he's out there. He's doing really awesome drills with them. And he's kind of like kind of explaining a little bit of like the mindset of it all. And it's, it's really, really cool to watch him do this. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to pick his brain. I think after this, I'll probably, I'll send him a message. Yeah. And, yeah we should so try. I, I haven't talked to him since I moved and, and uh, he is, he's also a Detroit boy. He's oh, yeah. So, Outnumbered, man. Uh, anyway. I do want to, yeah, um, I'd love to see him put the orange stripes on. I'd yeah. love to see him uh, even in the NHL, man. That would, that would be amazing. So, um, yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hit him up after this. Okay, cool. Um Okay, that that kind of went a different direction that I planned on, but that's kind of cool. Uh, the other thing, the the other second positive note, Dustin Wolf wins. He's really good. We got that. The second really positive thing that happened was I saw pictures on social media yesterday of I, I didn't mean players. to post those, man. That was just that was a weird slip. I didn't. You said you were showing us a wiener, and you got that clickbait, and it worked. And Corey is still upset about it. Um, <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> There's NHL players back on the ice. It started. But will they play? Yeah, that, that's, that's still a question at this point. They, they have said that I don't think it would be anywhere <laughs> earlier than July 15th before they move to phase three. But there are NHL players back on NHL ice right now. And I saw Flower. I saw um, Patrietti, uh, England. Like there was, I think it's six players on the ice at, at a time right now. Yep. Yep. So, and yeah. and not everybody's open. We're recording this what Tuesday? This today, the ninth to June ninth. Uh, yep. There's a few that are open. Um, Philly, Toronto, I believe, open today or yesterday. Arizona said they're not going to open till Thursday. And teams are not required to open at this point. They don't have right. to open their facilities. Players um, have the ability to return to their teams. Right. They don't have to yet. And but. players cannot be penalized if they don't feel safe coming back or if they're not able to come back because of traveling restrictions or whatever. Um, right. But it's it's starting to happen a little bit, at least. And um, it's, it's starting the light is right in front of us right now. And I'm not saying that that means that everything goes away within the next week or two. No, that's not how that works, but it's starting to get back to feeling a little normal, man. And I don't know about you guys, but from my mental health, that helped quite a bit to see the picture from Edmonton yesterday of the six players there at the face-off circle. Um, It was good. It made me feel I saw I saw pictures of stone on the ice and it was just like, it was so heartwarming. It really was. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I want to, I want to see it happen. I don't want it to, to not, I, I think. We're seeing I, it. <laughs> I, I think, well, I mean, you know, they, they got to get this tournament done and get ready for next season. I mean, we're coming up on a hard stop here for. Yeah. Uh, kind of, they're, yeah. They're not going to start in October. Like, like normal. I think. Right. I think yeah. They, they probably won't start until January. Yeah. December, January. Time yeah. Frame. They were talking but, about that, yeah. but they also, the one article I read said not an, um, that the NHL does not want to come back. They do not want to start next season um, without fans. Without fans, so, right. So it's it's kind of, you know, it's interesting. But this tournament, to get it done, they said they're the opening round, um, the, the play-in round, the first eight um, series, where they go from 16 to 8 is going to be best of five. Yep. And then every other round is going to be best of seven. And I personally think they should all be best of five, except for the final, um, just to get, just to get it through. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, best of sevens can take a long time. Um, if you, you know, you're every other day, or well, they won't be traveling, so right. Yeah. See, and I haven't seen that schedule. Are they going to play every day, or are they going to have I a day off in between from games? I, yeah, from what I understand, it might be like maybe there'll be some back to back games. Um, but there won't be much in between, I don't think. Um, and I think what's going to happen is there's going to be like three games a day on the right. same sheet of ice. Right, right. Which I'm hoping we're in the host city, of course. But I also am just like, man, this is going to be. Well, did you just say you nightmare. are the host city? We're hoping. Oh. We're hoping. Oh. We don't know. We don't know so yet. Let's, uh, let's talk about that if we will. Let's speculation on on the host cities. I kind of have an interesting theory, but I'm I'm. Uh, 
curious to what you guys think. I I personally think Vegas is one of them. Um, I just think for logistic-wise, it makes a lot of sense. I haven't thought much about the other one, although with Vegas being one of them, they've also talked about, I believe, Vancouver was one. Um, Edmonton is really making a push. So it. that's the other thing. Uh, yeah, I thought Edmonton was, and I, I started thinking from a, from a logistical standpoint, wouldn't you want to have one of these on, uh, in the eastern area? Because if we do a west and an east. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Have, have so Vegas, Vegas, no, no, I, nobody actually ever did say that. Oh, I would okay. think from a logistical standpoint, West, who I think it's got to be Vegas for the West, and then you would want somebody out East uh, to, to handle it. But if you're saying Vancouver is getting a lot of traction or whatever, I mean, that would be two places in the West. Don't you still have that like whole 14 day quarantine though? Why, for, if you cross like, borders, yeah. you do at this point. Yeah. But that would be so, like. But you would cross borders once. So uh, someone in my chat here, Logan, our, our dear friend who is a diehard Red Wings fan, um, <laughs> he says apparently Vegas, L.A., and Chicago were the finalists for the hub cities. Okay. So that um, was my that was my theory was that they were going to be close together, and Vegas makes too much sense. Yeah. My guess is Vegas and L.A. I think they want everything as close as possible um, logistically for TV, for everything else. Yeah. You know, you're an hour. What is it, an hour drive from LA so, to yeah, Vegas? If you look at it this way, if you look at it this way, having teams in in the West makes sense for broadcasts over East too. Because if there's a game on at like eleven That's o'clock true. in the morning here, it'll be on at two o'clock in the uh, East. Yeah. So, so nobody's going to be running like. Well, I guess yeah, <laughs> if it's running late, that'll happen. I guess I'm backwards on that. Never mind. That logic is flawed. Um, <laughs> so okay, but but the other thing to look at though, if it's Say I, I never thought of this. I never thought of this. But like, if it's Vegas and LA, um, travel is quick. It's cheap, mm-hmm. um, and it, it'll be like we're. I mean, we're three hours apart. A bus ride, you know, it's three hours. You know, okay, so three hours. Okay, with, well, four hours if you're taking a bus. It's probably gonna be slower, but right. um, still. And and um, they're also talking about things like one of the biggest arguments I've seen online. People are like, "Oh, the ice! It's impossible. It's summertime." The ice is impossible to maintain. <laughs> Fuck off. What like, idiot? What? People that say that don't know shit about ice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's yeah, incredible. what the hell? We, we put in the best ice in the United States in 115 degree heat. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not the yeah, heat, it's the humidity. <laughs> when I saw Florida... I wouldn't... I wouldn't... When I saw Florida wasn't even in contention, <laughs> like there was no Florida cities humidity. on the list... That made me feel like they weren't going to do an East Coast, West Coast thing. Or to me, having one in Canada, well, it, you know, it would be nice and pretty for the optics. I just don't think logistically it makes sense. I, I think if I had to bet, I would say L.A., Vegas. Well, the heat, the heat isn't really the concern. It's humidity. Humidity is the concern. And we have like virtually none out here. Yeah, yeah no. There's and, no- and also with the heat, it's also good to combat coronavirus spread because it doesn't really survive in the heat as well. That's kind of the main That's good. points that people are thinking. Yeah. So Florida would be bad because it's really moist over there. Yeah. And super, moist. super humid. Moist. I just That's thought logistically moist. I just thought logistically with, you know, the hotels and the infrastructure <laughs> and stuff, that that would be maybe one of the best East Coast hubs to do right. that. Yeah. But Chicago's um, yeah, still humid though too. Standard. Yeah, Chicago's nasty. It's humid there. It's yeah, I, anywhere I just don't Anywhere east of the Mississippi River, man. Actually, east of the Missouri River uh, is is really humid this time of year. I don't know, I don't know what kind of uh, facility Chicago has. I know the United Center is considered one of the top buildings in the league. Yeah, uh, they might have some kind of like dehumidify dehumidifier thing. Er? I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You understand what I mean, though. Yes. Uh, they're that's also, actually they're, the correct yeah. word, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, they just got all they just littered the building. Um, it anyway. sucks the moist out of the air. Moist. Um, <laughs> I um, love this episode. This is the moist episode. <laughs> is that moist salu? <laughs> okay, so I do have a so, question. Yes. Without, Pardon me, boys, but wait. we moist be back on track. <laughs> and this is, I'm without getting political. Okay. And your opinions are your own, but my only thought is with LA, 
There are a lot of riots going there. No, there's not now. Okay. But I'm just saying, is that a safety issue? If you were to bring a competition as big as this to that city with stuff going on that could still be going on, hopefully not. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, that's Maybe. just curiosity. I'm, I'm sure. And I, I think the, the one thing we can say without getting too deep is I'm sure that would be a part of the thought process. So it is. Yeah. It would have to be. Stuff, sure. It would have to be. Um, I want to write a book called Curiatus. I know. Right. I was like, I, I couldn't even try. I tried to correct that word. And I was like, it's not coming out right. I love Curiatus. That's <laughs> Nothing like a good moist Garyatis in the morning <laughs> with a bottle of Chianti. <laughs> um, okay, I hate that so much. That is the worst sound. I know. I just don't, hey. don't, please. I'm not gonna do it anymore. Uh, oh my god. Okay, okay that anyway. was my only question. Anyway. I'm curious because it was interesting thought because of you know blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyways, no, it on. was. I mean, it's you know you can't you can't deny that. But yeah, I think it would be part of the thought process. Hopefully, stuff like that wouldn't still be a part of it once because we're we're talking at least another August. Yeah, think? we're talking August till the till the tournament would start at the earliest, July fifteenth, till they can get back together in like a training camp sort of setting okay, at the yeah, earliest. Yeah. That makes sense. So we're still weeks out on this. But man, there's gonna my be some bottom... shitty players on the ice, man. It's gonna be fun to watch. Oh, dude, Park. <laughs> Parker and I had a had a text conversation like a week or so ago, and I asked him straight up. I said, "Do you feel like players are scared to get back, you know, in that group setting?" And he know, he said, "No, they're only scared because they're not skating right now." I said, "Oh, so everybody's going to be a sucky skater next year?" And he's like, "Yep, pretty much." So he said that was the biggest fear of looking like a fool uh, skating out there. Um, but yeah, anyway, you know, bottom line, there's some signs of life which I think are really exciting. Um, Kyle, real quick, you know, uh, I, I told you I wasn't so sure about the Silver Knights, which we didn't talk about. Um, after you and I, I was really drunk too when I sent you that message that night, so I was very, <laughs> I was very opinionated. Um, yeah. But was that the AHL franchise name? Yep, they're they're the uh, Henderson Silver Knights, and I'll let Kyle talk about it in a minute. But I will say something oh, like changed it. my mind. They put out like an infographic explaining. Mm-hmm the uh explaining the logo and how it all tied together and i thought it was pretty rad to be honest with you yeah it's it's cool how they did it i mean they do the same thing with the golden knights you know and and there's even the h for henderson in the helmet the horse helmet, you know and then the gold in the horse's eyes is the same gold color as the golden knights logo kind of like a, a looking forward kind of thing you know like there's there's all kinds of stuff behind it it's it's really cool but the silver knights itself like i i expected it um but Nevada is the silver state. We do have a lot of silver mining here as well. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it being like the horse, an armored horse is just kind of like a, a really awesome representation for the kind of the partnership between the two teams. So, um, and, and I'm already, I'm already seeing the town littered with, with Henderson silver knight stuff. It's really That's awesome. awesome. I, I, saw, I saw a guy in traffic yesterday and he had a silver knight, a silver knight's hat on. And I was like, Fuck yeah! Catch my eye! Catch my eye! I would be like, yeah, dude. He didn't, but, you know, uh, yeah. It was. I, I I think it's really cool, and it gives Henderson their own identity as well. Um, you know, like they've always just been kind of known as the suburb of Las Vegas, and just kind yeah. of there, you know. And and I feel like this is really something cool that that brings Henderson into the spotlight a little. And um, I'm really excited to have them here because it just means more hockey. Yeah, and Dylan. Dylan and plays for them yep. as well as um um Colzar. oh my god i'm drawing a blank he played with seattle colzar yes king colzar yep he's a really really fun player to watch yep. and um and i'm excited to just like you know watch the golden knights one night and then watch the silver knights the next and it's it's really cool so um and i'm gonna i'll get back in touch with uh I've got I've got uh Coughlin's phone number so i'll probably cool. i'll probably hit him, hit him up at some point soon i like that um uh, yeah, so I'm excited, I'm excited to, to to see them here. I think what I liked about it, and we've talked about this before, the AHL kind of goes through a revolving door a lot of times as far as their affiliations go. Um, I told you the Norfolk Admirals went through like four teams in 12 years that they were affiliated with. So you've got that constant movement. I think what Vegas has done has really just 
said, okay, this is a very important piece to our our team and our brand, and we're going to own it. We're going to keep them right next door. We're going to yep. create a name that's that's very, very similar. The Flyers, I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers, they literally used to play across the parking lot. The Phantoms, the Philadelphia Phantoms, were, were played in the old Spectrum, and it was right across the parking lot. Well, then they moved to Lehigh Valley, uh, so further away. But that was the only other team I could think of that really had that close association uh, with their AHL team. A lot of the California teams do it now. You've got the Barracuda and the Sharks. You've got the Gulls and the Ducks um, together. So you're starting to see that happen a little bit more. But good on Vegas. Good on Vegas for doing it and making it. Well, the Stars, too. Dallas Stars and Texas Stars. Uh, I thought it was the Iowa Stars. Oh, yeah, they they moved, didn't they? Yeah. No. Not only that, it's another professional (laughs) team in Vegas. So it's – it's further opening the roadmap for more professional franchises, uh, professional leagues to put a franchise. I'm talking to you, NBA. It's going to happen. I'm talking to you, MLB. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, I mean, very soon. I would say within five to ten years, there will be an MLB and an NBA franchise in Vegas. Well, I, I don't doubt it. The I could get behind the pink knights. Pink night, pink knights. Bring in the um, NWHL. Didn't uh, the Raiders yeah. are the Raiders are supposed to start this upcoming season, right? Yep. And wow. the stadium looks like a Roomba. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Everybody get on top and ride around on it. <laughs> yeah, I, magic I, drove, I drove by it the other day, and it's it's coming together. It looks really cool. Wow, it really does. They're starting to put like all the trees out front, and like kind of the front area is going to be really really cool. They're kind of like kind of they're trying to make a tailgating kind of atmosphere for sure. That's awesome. And, and it's it's um starting to look look really cool. Did we talk about Palm Springs AHL team? I haven't really heard anything on them in a while. Um, I'm fairly certain they released a name. Are you serious? I believe it was the fuck. I th- or or okay, hold on. Palm Springs Firebirds is what is being rumored because they did oh. a uh really like an LLC or or they did like a like a copyright on that or something. Hold Ooh. on. How that, that is indicative of what could possibly be. Well, that's the thing. NHL Seattle is that a lot of people are hearing rumors now that Seattle is has has put in th- things to take the Thunderbirds name. What? Yeah, that's dumb. Dumb. Oh, okay, hold on. However, two oh six represent. Pick Let's... it up at buried cu- buried pups. See, I fucking can't talk today. Okay. And the the um. <laughs> The the Palm Springs team is is owned by the Seattle hockey conglomerate yeah. people, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And actually, is uh, Jerry Bruckheimer part of that? Jerry Bruckheimer yeah. is a part of that. Yep. That's um, awesome. <laughs> December fifth, maybe I don't know. So what I just pulled up this, it says December fifth that the trademark for the Palm Springs Firebergs was actually rejected. Um, oh. from, from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So I thought I've heard more things recently. I'll try to look into that for next week. Um, but that also brings a lot of uh, questions that would Seattle actually try to go for the Thunderbirds. Um, which now, who I, said that? That I don't remember. I, I I don't remember. No, but who brought that up? Who just brought that Me. up? Me. Okay. Because I, I thought that I, I felt like I've been hearing more about the Thunderbirds and the Firebirds recently. So... Um, mm. No, I I, say no. I can send you a video of Thunderbirds, so maybe that's where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) The old marionette show? Yeah. (laughs) No. Wasn't that called Thunderbirds? Like in the 50s, there were the 60s, there was that like marionette show. Corey goes, goes, yes, it was. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, boys, we're running. We are starting to actually run a little bit low on time here. I'm congrats to the to the Silver Knights. I do want to cover something real quick before we go. And if there's anybody still listening, this might be the most important piece of news that we talk about this week because um, yeah, on, it pays the wait. It, there you go. So you you get you get what you pay for. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I said to the boys before we got started, I said, you know, we're not going to get political. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. We've all got different opinions. We've all, there's all different things going on. But one of the things that we have talked about in this podcast really since day one is that there is a problem with uh, the color of hockey. Um, there is a problem with the lack of um, diversity in the game. It's been going on for a long time. And, and regardless of what your take is on everything going on right now, Seven players came together 
and formed what was called the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Um, and what is really important about this to me is that it's the players. This is not an NHL thing. This is the players yeah. recognizing we're the ones that are on the front lines. We're the ones that are in the trenches and we're the ones that can make real change league. Be damned. If you, it, we'd love for you to help. We'd love for you to be a part of this, but if you're not, we're still going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Akeem Alou, uh, and Evander Kane are kind of the, um, the spearhead of this. In fact, you know what, real quick before we go, let me just read the, the statement that was put out by these guys. Um, It says, June 8th, we love our sport. We believe that hockey is the greatest game in the world. As minorities who play professional hockey, we have have come together to create the Hockey Diversity Alliance, also known as the HDA. We have appointed Akeem Alou and Evander Kane as our co-heads, and our executive committee includes Trevor Daly, Matt Dumba, Wayne Simmons, Love you, Simmer. Chris Stewart and Joel Ward. Our mission is to eradicate racism and intolerance in hockey. We will strive to be a force for positive change, not only within our game of hockey, but also within society. Although we will be independent of the NHL, we are hopeful that we will work productively with the league to accomplish these important changes. We believe in the importance of accountability in developing inclusivity and diversity for all involved in our sport, including fans and the league office. We will promote diversity at all levels of the game through community outreach and engagement with youth and will endeavor to make the game more affordable and accessible. We will also focus on educating the hockey community about the racism issues confronting the sport while advocating for acceptance and equality. We have partnered with a charitable fiscal sponsor and we will be launching a charitable division in the coming weeks to assist us in achieving our objectives. Just about done here, guys. In creating our alliance, alliance, we are confident we can inspire a new generation of hockey players and fans. We are hopeful that everyone who puts on skates or sits in the stands will do so without worrying about race, gender, or socioeconomic background, and we will be able to express their culture, identity, values, and personality without fear of retribution. We're united in our efforts, and we promise to work tirelessly to bring about the change our sport and society needs. I think it's wonderful. I think it's... Yeah, Fuck yes. It's... Fuck yes. It's, it's been needed for a long time. And these guys that, that are there are very influential. Um, I respect every one of those guys. Tre- does, guys, does Trevor Daly still play? I know he was getting kind of old. Is he still... He was with Detroit. I ask you guys because I know he played for Detroit. Yeah, for, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's retired. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I remember watching him too. Corey, it kind of goes back to our conversation, you know, the beginning of this conversation and some of the conversations we've had in the bowels of, of the uh, Toyota Center we might not understand uh, <laughs> these these guys, you know, the kids, and we're just talking about the youth generation. We not, might not understand, but everybody yeah. has the right to to do their thing, man. And 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 I've believed that I, since. I, you know what I mean, dude? I support it so much. I think it's brilliant. Um, I can't wait for um, the Dominican influence to come through. Yep. You know, like it did in baseball. <laughs> I know hockey's not huge in the Dominican Republic. We got to make it. We got to make hockey for everybody, and that's that's what Barry Puck is all about. That's what Cascadia is all about. Is hockey is for everybody, and yep. that's what we set out to do. And just watching the culture thrive, and watching these motions or these things get set in motion right. that can push change and bring hockey to everybody. Man, I'm. I'm almost in tears. I love it. It's yeah. it's wonderful. It, through through all the all the crap, you know, because there's been a lot of crap lately. But I think this is something that's super super positive, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. You know, they just announced it yesterday, and so there's still a lot. But you know, all these guys have been involved with charities. Wayne Simmons does this ball hockey tournament every year up in um, Scarborough, Ontario, um, where the whole point is to raise money to get kids on the ice that wouldn't be able to be on the ice. And we're seeing so many initiatives. Ed Snyder, uh, before he passed away, was huge for inner city youth hockey in the Philadelphia area. Um, get get people together that realize like we always, a lot of people want to argue and say, that's just a game. It's not just a game, man. How many people have we had on that are a part of this game that say it's not just a game. It's, it's a, it's a culture, it's a community. Um, and, and the, the better we can make that community, just the better it's going to be period. And these guys are right on the front lines doing it. So I love it. When it's, when it's something that people are passionate about and something that people devote their lives to and something that people look up to, it's not just a game anymore. Right. Yep. It's it's you can't use that excuse. Nope. You absolutely Dude, I think I think that's the end note, man. Like that's yep. boom. 
I love it. You got I dropped my mic. That'd be really loud. <laughs> I dropped mine, but it's five hundred bucks. I don't want to drop a five hundred dollar mic. Yeah, so. I, I got this from from Matt, so I'm not. I'm not <laughs> so yes, Corey, it's a good point. I like it. On that note, let's just let's take it on out, dude. Oh my God! I ended on a ended on a happy man. I love it. I love it. This has been an all over the place episode, but goddamn, it was a good time. Kyle, thank you so much, brother. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for showing us Jared's your wiener. Just staring off into space. No, I'm, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just watching y'all. <laughs> I send love. Hey, tell your buddy Spaceman Smith that uh, there's two other huge Calvin and Hobbes fans on this podcast right now. Yeah. Uh, if he's still here. If he's still here, my numbers have been going up and down for a bit. But I had to, I had to kick some kids out earlier too, so we were being annoying. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Spaceman Smith and I, we, we grew up playing hockey together, and uh, he just he just got engaged. Shout out to him. But I also got to shout out uh, Matt Burwell, the coach that I referenced earlier. Um, big shout out to him. I owe that guy a lot for my current love of hockey, and uh, I'm working with him to get get the Golden Knights eyes to Elko. So cool. And much love to to uh, Avalanche loving Logan, man. Oh hell yeah, Logan's Logan's always clutch here. Yeah, he's he's got uh, he's got a he's got a hockey server on Discord. And it, it's always got a lot of really cool information. He he knows all these sources of like all the rumors and stuff. And yeah, so Logan's Logan's a good dude. Love it. That's awesome. Oh my god, Pipers! Thanks for making all this possible every week. Thanks for being a part of it, man. I know you know it's been crazy and everything, and but yeah, I really appreciate you guys. And <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think we all want the same thing, and we're all excited to get there. So love you all. Yep, we got this. <laughs> this has been Cascadia Hockey brought to you by Buried Puck Threads, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Three, two, one. Birda. 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 That's what I appreciate about you. <laughs>